0: Welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trishy Mattson.
1: And I'm David Schaub.
0: And this podcast is part of the incomparable network of podcasts. Today we are discussing season four, episode seven of Supergirl, Rather the Fallen Angel. David, can you give us a recap?
1: Lena's plan to give subject 0331 superpowers. Lena doesn't need another hero. They tell each other stories about damaged self-worth, which makes them want to stop the experiment. But Adam talks Lena into continuing. Subject 0331 exhibited extrahuman powers and then died. Agent Liberty's complicated plan for James to kill Supergirl while blowing up the Statue of Liberty for aliens on camera after a speech fails. But unless Tom was playing James the entire time, I don't understand it. (laughs) Manchester Black's plan to trade Supergirl's life for a chance to kill Agent Liberty Manchester Black plays Supergirl unbelievably well. While he fails to kill Agent Liberty, he finds out who Agent Liberty is and saves Supergirl. Also, John apologizes for trusting Manchester Black, and James learns something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, first of all, I don't quite get the... the um title of the episode rather the fallen angel i don't know is it a milton reference or something i tried searching it but all i got was this episode
1: i have absolutely no idea okay (laughs) (laughs) i saw it i looked at it and it's like i i just don't care that much
0: okay all right moving on (laughs) what do you care most about in this episode
1: this episode is basically two parts there's the continuing storyline and there's effectively a bottle episode story with Lena, where all we get to see is her office and her lab, and her lab is almost surrounded in plastic like it's a bottle. I almost would have liked an entire episode of just Lena and this guy, and maybe Eve. I quite enjoyed that aspect of it, and I was a bit surprised by it, and I thought it was interesting. But the other plot, there's bits of it I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) And I found it distracting from what I thought was maybe a bit over-the-top performances from Lena and Adam, but I thought it was really well done beyond that.
0: They bonded suspiciously quickly, at least suspicious on Lena's part.
1: Yeah, that is exactly it. Is I, I can buy Adam talking about himself and talking about his story like that, but Lena, I'd be really surprised.
0: Unless she figures this go- this guy is going to die anyway, so it's safe to tell him my secrets. <laughs>
1: she wouldn't have been doing it if the chance of death was that high, but maybe it was a factor. They needed it so they could both go through this damaged self-worth and they could both help each other basically to decide to do it. But it was a bit shocking that Lena would share. Lena does not overshare. <laughs> not usually,
0: no. Yes. Uh so so of course she tried she started out trying to treat him uh as put him as arm's length as much as she could uh calling him subject 0331 and giving him a sort of fake name
1: when he insisted on a name. Dehumanizing was the word I used for it in my first version of the recap. She tries yes. to dehumanize him and fails.
0: Yes, that was clearly her aim. Um, you know, in general, of course, she she is treating a human being as a sub as a uh test subject uh with a high risk of death. Um, I I think she must have known it was a pretty high risk of death. By the way, did she just jump from tissue testing to people testing without any animal testing in between? I think she did. Oh yeah. I, I guess you wouldn't want to give a lab rat superpowers.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting question, but it, it could have been very entertaining. <laughs> the jump to human trials is obviously excessive, but it's possible that only human or humanoid genomes would have worked for this. Uh, they could have given us a superpowered monkey. That would have been pretty good, too.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh <laughs> All right, well, anyway, they didn't, and so we must accept the situation that Lena gave us. Um, do I really need to say how unethical this all was?
1: <laughs> I am sure it is all perfectly legal.
0: <laughs> well, he did sign a release form.
1: <laughs> with a thumbprint.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. This is a bad idea. This is Lena being a mad scientist, and we knew she was going to go down this path with the Harnell. So mm-hmm. this is what it looks like. And definitely they're rushing it. But I'm okay. And really, I did enjoy this side plot so much in the episode. I'll give them that. I did find interesting that they first show Lena being kind of mean and dehumanizing. And they first have Adam being obnoxious and sexist. Mm-hmm. They really wanted to make it clear. Let's start these people off on a horrible footing and drag them down through their... Worst memories of their own lives and their horrible feelings about each other, and then bring them up and then kill Adam off. It was a very heavy-handed emotional journey from low to high and to low again. I really liked it.
0: Uh, it it felt a bit forced to me. Um, I mean, it was interesting, sure, but uh, I didn't I didn't really feel it. Um, it is it is very normal and natural to feel guilt if uh, your brother is donating his kidney to you and he dies on the table uh that's absolutely normal i'm not sure it qualifies as making you a bad person Uh, as as lena says bad luck doesn't make you a bad person bad choices do um and then lena's example of how she's an awful person is that she didn't do anything when her uh, mother was drowning when she was four years
1: old (laughs) to be fair lena was probably an amazingly capable four-year-old
0: Well, that's true.
1: (laughs) But still, in both cases, it's not that they were bad. Mm -hmm. It's they have bad feelings about it. Like Adam feels Mm -hmm. bad because he feels he would not have done the same thing. That is what hurts him about it. And Lena is clearly wrong in her perception of what she could have done. Mm Mm-hmm she's held that in her consciousness as this thing that was horrible mm-hmm. and it's obviously wrong but that doesn't stop something from being emotionally damaging in that way right they are both wrong i agree with you. <laughs> but i'm okay with i
0: was <laughs> i was pretty intrigued by her test of who gets to be a worthy possible receptor of superpowers was that uh you know if you're if there's a spider in your shower, do you save it or squash it? And the correct answer, according to Lena, is to do nothing, because you don't know what this that spider's <laughs> choices are.
1: <laughs> well, they couldn't have a turtle that was flipped over. <laughs> it's almost a void comp test.
0: Sure. <laughs> yes. I still like it. <laughs> it, it. It was certainly an intriguing part of that episode, uh, and... Really, there are enough problems with the rest of the episode that uh, uh, the the little quibbles here um, vanish in significance.
1: And without a doubt, we are now closer to her producing a super-powered person who's not supposed to be a hero. Right. I don't know if she'll find someone better, but we'll find out.
0: Or at least who isn't setting out to be a superhero.
1: We know it's going to go badly. That's (laughs) That's all we really
0: know. Yeah. I I am absolutely sure of that.
1: And it'll come to a head, and it'll be a problem, and Lena is the mad scientist, and we'll see if they do better than this episode.
0: <laughs> so Miss Tessmacher also knows that we're getting human subjects that are dying in experiments, right? She must have been the one who led him to the secret lab bubble and left him there for Lena to introduce herself to.
1: Almost certainly. Adam would call them the secretary in the lab tech because
0: right. <laughs> sexist jerk <church> at this <laughs> Yeah. Lena was very calm about that, but of course she has encountered much casual and intentional sexism throughout her life and career. So not so surprising that she would just shrug it off.
1: And she does. But you're right. We don't know how many people in LexCorp know what's going on in terms of how big the ethical breach is but it's also possible that this isn't our world and this isn't as bad in this universe.
0: Mhm.
1: I'm sure Supergirl will not be impressed.
0: Supergirl is going to be so <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: so angry and depressed and <laughs> uh oh speaking of which um when Lena had said uh you know she did have one superhero once but she lost her. And I thought she was talking about Supergirl disappointing Lena, but no, it was her her mom, her biological mom, that she had lost.
1: Which is also still a strange thing to say for a parent, which you lost at four. Yeah. It was still a bit of a strange line, but whatever.
0: Right. Moving on to the other, and really the plot that took up more of the time. Uh, well, there are two sort of plots, two two interwoven plots here.
1: And I really would like to know if you can explain Agent Liberties to me, because what I'm confused by is, and this episode really surprised me, because I recognized that Manchester Black was playing Supergirl as soon as he said that they shouldn't call the DEO. Right. That was obvious. But up until that point.
0: Big red flag.
1: (laughs) I did not realize that everything he had done before then was playing her. Absolutely every scene was playing her. And I followed this on the second watch through. And I didn't see any of it until that point. But for Agent Liberty, I spent the entire episode assuming that Tom was playing James the entire time. Mm -hmm. He pretended to fall. He faked it all. And he was setting himself up as being a false captive.
0: That's how I was looking at it. That's how I read it while it was happening.
1: Okay, but I can't actually tell if that follows for the actual show and the ending doesn't seem to feel that way so i'll be very curious if it actually turns out that tom was playing james the entire time because if he is playing james james is an idiot
0: yes well (laughs) uh, i'm not sure that conditional if is there (laughs) is needed there (laughs) perhaps
1: but agent liberty tries to get you to do something and then all of this magically happens and tom becomes a traitor and it's like it, it it stinks of a setup And if Tom isn't playing James, I don't understand what Agent Liberty's plan was to force James to do all of this stuff. Because there was nothing else.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that made it seem obvious, but then they seem to be backing away from it toward the end.
1: Yeah, because in theory, Tom saves James at the end. And maybe that was part of the plan, but it just seemed like a stretch.
0: Yeah, James should have known better. And it I mean, I was finding it hard to stop myself from screaming at the TV when James was asking them, now, you children of liberty, are you sure there's nobody in that (laughs) building that you're telling me to blow up? I mean, come on.
1: This was not a good James episode. It really, really wasn't. Yeah. And in the end, nothing James does actually matters because it's Manchester Black save Supergirl.
0: Right. Which is... It's own kind of weird and conflicting Um, because Manchester Black set her up in the first place.
1: But I kind of like that still better. Like everything about the Manchester plot is at least more interesting and holds together better than the James being kidnapped and how he's being used plot, which just none of it made a little bit of sense.
0: We've complained about how Brainy uh, is misused as a character on this show. Uh, and made the butt of jokes, um, but really, James's character is really being done a disservice in this episode, particularly. I, you know, I can see some of the arguments and stuff in in other episodes, but you know, he he is just swallowing down Tom's lies, hook, line, and sinker. Uh, in this in this episode, and every the other children of Liberty, who he definitely has no reason to trust at all.
1: It was bizarre, and even if Tom is being honest, James still shouldn't have believed him. <laughs>
0: like it, or taken it with a grain of salt, at least.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the episode, there's this implication that James has learned something from the experience, and I have absolutely no idea what he learned. Because <laughs> in the middle of the episode, he gives this great speech about how his reputation is not something that matters. And at the end of the episode, he gives a speech on, oh my God, I think I could have damaged my reputation. (laughs) I didn't follow it.
0: No, no, I can, you know, I can see it being a noble thing. If you decide, you know, one person's life is worth more than my reputation. But even if it were, he should also be looking at the bigger picture of how many, uh, Aliens on Earth are going to get hurt as, you know, as a result of more people joining the Children of Liberty if they, if they like the, uh, his speech and blowing up the building.
1: And it's generally a hostage problem. How can he do all this on the basis of saving Tom? There's no reason to believe Tom will be saved anyway. Right. It just, oh. Maybe we've seen too many TV shows, but James obviously hasn't. <laughs>
0: He's, has he been a reporter, or did he just move straight from photography to management?
1: He was... Hmm. Yeah. I got the impression he was doing a bit of both before going into management at Kecko, but it was a pretty fast transition. I think he was still primarily doing photography, but yeah.
0: It's, it's just that I can't picture any actual reporter being so naive. I mean, everybody can get played once in a while. But, you know, to ju- to just swallow this stuff down, apparently uncritically, that takes a special kind of something. <laughs> That's learning the wrong lessons from Supergirl. <laughs> Supergirl can have faith in people, but, and she has made mistakes herself, but, I mean, come on, James.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even beyond this whole question about Tom and James, which I don't mm-hmm. quite understand, Agent Liberty's plan is so complicated. And why didn't he just have her killed? Like, in theory, when she was weaker, she probably Mm -hmm. is more susceptible to being damaged. You get her inside of the field, and you all shoot her. Yeah. There's no value in, oh, Supergirl was in the building we nuked, or blew up. Agent Liberty's plans, and I still don't quite understand why Ben Lockwood is in the position of making these plans, is so complicated and convoluted. He's clearly into the mustache-twirling, bizarre-planned villain here. That just doesn't really make any sense.
0: You know, I guess if it were some kind of object lesson for aliens or some kind of way to encourage the troops about, yay, we, got, we took down the most powerful alien that we know about, um, other than Superman, who we won't talk about.
1: <laughs> I can understand why he would like it done this way it is the best story he could come up with. And maybe that's the argument, is he is trying to build a narrative because that's what he does. And therefore, this is a great narrative of Guardian killing Supergirl.
0: Right. Yeah. I can see that that could be a powerful narrative. But if it is supposed to be some kind of object lesson then there should have been a camera on supergirl uh you know going out either being recorded or yep. going out on a feed or something um the only feed that we saw was uh, uh ben lockwood watching which would certainly certainly proved itself to be prudent since his whole plan blew up but You know, for propaganda values, it should have been a live feed of all this stuff. Although I guess then he might have been afraid of the D.E.O. swooping in and spoiling his plan. Not that that was necessary.
1: Actually, killing Supergirl would have still been the better success story here. But it's true Mm. that killing Supergirl in the best way possible is, but it just seemed very strange. At least Agent Liberty was smart enough to not be there because he apparently (laughs) doesn't take part in any of the actual actions of the Children of Liberty.
0: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like the best way to inspire his troops, uh, or volunteers, or whatever you want to call the murder bigots. You know, him not being out on the field missions uh, contrasts very sharply with what the children were saying before about, you know, uh, I am am Agent Liberty. You know, it doesn't matter who's underneath the, the mask because we're all... All the same suffering under the aliens.
1: In a lot of shows where there are lots of grunts, I find myself asking the question, why are the grunts doing this? And do they know how risky it is, the actions they're taking, and that they are likely to be clobbered, or in some shows Mm -hmm. killed, in great numbers? Right. Do they not know that they're fodder? They're going to be. But in some cases, some shows just have such a huge number of grunts. And they're all being wasted day in after day out. Right, I think they would want to unionize or quit or do something. <laughs>
0: Right, well, on, on the old Batman TV show, you'd have Thug 1, 2, 3, and 4 on their shirts, and they'd <laughs> all be going to jail, you know, but jail would be the worst that could possibly happen to them, and given the prison system in Gotham, they'd all be out soon enough, we all know. But, you know, <laughs> a lot of tr- shows, uh, you know, even the superhero shows that we have now, people people die when things go badly, and that happens to th- to the thugs too so um yeah their dedication is a little hard to understand sometimes i mean if they're treating this as a patriotic war of humans versus alien invaders maybe but i would have thought things would have had to get a lot worse before you have all these people so eager to martyr themselves
1: and here's the real question there's so many real questions agent liberty had a guy dress up and pretend to be Agent Liberty. Right. Or did he tell him, okay, this guy really wants to kill me, (laughs) so how about you put on my costume and pretend to be me for a while? (laughs) Is that what he told him? Like, what was that guy told? We don't even know if he lived.
0: I mean, Manchester Black certainly did his best to kill as many children of Liberty as he could.
1: Yeah, and, and like with the previous nights, we still haven't gotten any impression of any children of Liberty actually being arrested and questioned. I suppose Manchester Black killed every single person on the island, and therefore there's still no one to question, which seems bizarre.
0: <laughs> well, at the beginning of the episode, the t v news person was talking about how, you know, after the uh the whatever they called it the uh the Thanksgiving riots, uh five children of liberty have gone missing. And it turned out that those were the ones that Manchester Black had, had killed. So does that mean that D.E.O. didn't even arrest anybody else or that, you question. know, or what they arrested the and, hey, the, the newscasters know where those people went to.
1: Normal police work is ignored in this show. <laughs>
0: Another sad consequence of the loss of Maggie Sawyer from the show.
1: Oh, that would have been so much better. (laughs) Yes. Now I feel really bad about not having Maggie on the show. (laughs) That would have helped the story so much.
0: It would. Oh, well.
1: But Agent Liberty's plan fails, and it was so complicated it deserved to fail. I do want to give you a great call out because you suggested that everyone was coming to America because they were seeing the Statue of Liberty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, they had this statue, kind of a liberty <laughs> to go to. I was like, wow, beautifully called.
0: <laughs> right, the uh, Shelley Island, I think it was, yeah, instead exactly, of yeah. Ellis Island.
1: <laughs> There's your reason as to why there are so many aliens generally coming to the States, at mm-hmm. least for a couple of years.
0: And especially in a national city, because that was where the processing station was, on an island. Out in the bay somewhere, I guess.
1: Which makes a moderate amount of sense in having power dampening fields, mm-hmm. though I'm trying to remember all the other cases we've seen power dampening fields used. <laughs> it, it makes sense, and I was okay with that. Earlier in the episode, I was a little confused where the fission rods came from, and then I actually had the question of not only where did the fission rods came from, but where did the bomb come from? So there's still this question of who is bankrolling and supplying this organization and i don't know if we're supposed to just ignore that or it'll come as you may have suggested so we'll have to see how that goes
0: yeah i've i've voiced my suspicions already so we don't need to go into that again but but you're right it could just be tv show failing to answer basic questions that it should have <laughs> um time will tell i suppose whether there's a larger plot behind this
1: shall we move on to manchester black's storyline
0: Yes, so it turns out that Manchester Black is totally cool with exposing himself as a murderer uh murdering avenger or whatever you want to call him um and he didn't seem to be prepared for Jean Jones and everyone else to be up so upset with him about it. He had been hiding it, but he <laughs> he didn't he didn't seem to express any uh any Shame or concern or anything—it was more like, "Yeah, yeah, I killed these guys. They. What do you want? I'm. I'm still
1: grieving over Fiona. It's a little hard to tell though, because every scene with Manchester Black up until Shelley Island is all in mm-hmm. act. So everything he does up to that point is in theory for the goal of setting it up, because he prepped the people in the fission rod factory. He told them what to say. He set everything up. So it's really hard to judge anything he does up until Shelly Island in this episode because it is all a con.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Even, you know, his his decision to go to Thanksgiving dinner must have been part of trying to get Supergirl to trust him so that he could betray her. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't know who Supergirl is.
1: I'm not sure if I would go for multi-episode continuity. No, no. (laughs) Supergirl for some reason wasn't there.
0: Right, right. That was dinner with uh, Jean's friends Cara and, and company. So I misspoke on that. That doesn't work. I don't know. Manchester Manchester Black seems like a character that should be really cool, but when you kind of examine his character a little bit, his choices come down to angry guy wants to kill a whole organization and doesn't care who he does, who he hurts to do that, and that's not a compelling character to me.
1: It is definitely where that character is going. The only aspect I found compelling was how well he played Supergirl, which I bought Mm -hmm. up until the point where Supergirl stopped doing things that were reasonable. Mm -hmm. I liked that aspect of Manchester. His ability to play her, and I think they did that fairly well for the most part. It's certainly better than everything that was happening in Agent Liberty's plan. Right. So I thought he was compelling in that regard but i agree that his as a motivation goes is basically to kill everyone and he is an anti-hero and they're playing it as a fairly cookie-cutter anti-hero at this point and maybe they'll give him a little more depth later in the season
0: mm, it's hard to see him redeeming himself and i'm not really at all sure that i want to see him try want to see the show try to redeem him
1: the show has been i would say Perhaps a bit more violent this season, mm-hmm. which is a bit strange in that the DEO is in theory trying to be less violent, but having a Punisher esque antihero character
0: mm-hmm.
1: is a bit of a surprising turn for the show to take.
0: Right. Well, he's he's still not the focus of the show. Um, he's a character in the show, not not the character. So. I think there's room to have that kind of question asked. Uh, uh, how far can somebody go? But I'm not having. You know, I would like to be having some fun watching Manchester Black because you know he's he's got uh, you know he's got cool a cool long coat. <laughs> he's you know for superficial reasons. You know, I'd like to to enjoy watching this man. But uh,
1: it's a charismatic performance.
0: Yes, a very charismatic performance, and yet, I I just don't much care about what he's doing.
1: And we're not supposed to agree with him, so it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. The thing he knows, of course, now is he knows that Agent Liberty is Lockwood. He hasn't told anyone, of course, because he wants to use that himself.
0: Right. Okay. So at the end of the episode, um, you know, we have. Jean telling Kara that you know he's he's a killer after all that that Manchester Black is and Manchester Black has made his escape as usual and is off plotting more dark deeds. Ben Lockwood is again you know well that plan didn't work. What will what will my next grand plan be?
1: It will be complicated.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it will. So, I guess we have one more episode, and then then the crossover?
1: I believe so.
0: So, I think this kind of would have been a good place to stop the action before the crossover, but maybe, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do next episode.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, next episode, Bunker Hill, directed by Kevin Smith, hmm. is the last episode before we start getting into the crossover episodes. Okay, well, is there anything else you want to say about this show? The only thing else I think I'd like to comment on is how in the world did Supergirl accept not telling the D.E.O.? Because that's where the Manchester Black storyline fell apart for me. Manchester Black gives a ridiculously weak reason as to why Supergirl should go to Shelley Island without telling the D.E.O.,
0: He did. Maybe. The only thing I can think of is that maybe she didn't want Colonel Hayes interfering with this, as she is wont
1: to do. There's an argument that Colonel Hayes has complicated that a bit, but still, her not telling Alex... She should have told Alex, even if... Brainy just seems ridiculous. Yeah. And as she approached the island, she has ranged weapons, and she has x-ray vision, and it's just hard for me to cope with her falling for the trap.
0: Yes. (laughs) I'm (laughs) afraid I can't help you there.
1: (laughs) I just, it was hard. The chains were ridiculous. Mm -hmm. There was a few minutes of this episode, it was like, I don't know if I can watch this. (laughs) (laughs) And it got better. I appreciated her breaking out. I liked Manchester Black deciding to free here because, well, it didn't matter mm-hmm. anymore and it would give him maybe more time to get away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That all worked relatively well. But yeah, her capture was kludgy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> not every episode can be a winner, certainly. And this one would be uh, probably my least fe- favorite episode of this season um but we'll hope for a better one next time and i'm sure the crossover will be fun
1: i had the advantage of liking the lena plot line and liking the first half of the manchester black plot line <laughs> that didn't quite recover the episode for me but it mm-hmm. did give me aspects that i really did quite like watching
0: right okay well uh we would uh certainly like to know what our listeners thought of this episode so add us at SG Supercast on um, Twitter uh, or talk to us on the The Incomparables Slack channel for members uh, on the TV sub channel. I would like to thank uh, you, David, for the discussion um, and for your patience with my technical difficulties earlier this week.
1: <laughs> Happy to be here, and everyone has technical difficulties sometimes.
0: <laughs> I'd like to thank our audio editor and the incomparable for hosting us and most of all i'd like to thank our listeners talk to you next time